1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror. And I've got um, somebody in the house today that I had really a great time reading his book. It's Mar- Mark Manson, the author of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I just want to preface all of this by saying we're going to be saying the word fuck a lot today. Um, welcome, Mark.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, you know, you've got the blog. Yep. And from your blog, you created this book. Yep. And your book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck can you explain to people who don't know what that means what that means
2: (laughs) (laughs) sure um i mean the joke of it is i kind of wanted to write a book about values but that sounds really boring Mm -hmm. so i put the f word everywhere yeah yeah. um but really the book is about what what we choose to make important in our lives yeah Um, because i think all these other questions that we tend to be very obsessed about like Mm -hmm happiness and fulfillment and purpose and all these things like they all flow from that central question of like what are you choosing to make matter like what's what's like the one or two or three things that you're prioritizing
1: and it's it's a great way to put it obviously because when I tell people the name of that book they assume it means that you don't care and you're just giving a middle finger to the world (laughs) like f you or fuck you rather yeah and that's not really the case it's more about no. choosing what fucks to give.
2: No, I, I keep getting emails. People are like, whoa, this was serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I was expecting a humor <laughs> book. So, yeah. Um, but it got really philosophical. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the goal. I mean, it, it's almost like I, I'm i kind of tricking people yeah. into, In- into buying it and, um, and, and into thinking about these things because it, it's not pleasant thinking no. about, like, pain and struggle and what's the point of my life. And, and so... Um, the, the F-bombs and the humor in particular are kind of like vehicles to get people to that place. To not
1: take it so seriously, but take it yeah. seriously. Because what you said is this is a self-help book without being, without the lovey-dovey, yeah. you're great, you know, mirror affirmations. I'm good enough. I'm great enough. This is like more yeah. gritty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, because we're, we're not like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I come from, it is a self-help book, but like I, I come from the, per, the opposite perspective yeah. of like, uh, we all kind of suck. Yeah. And,
1: and we're not that special and our problems aren't that special. No. And the problem is that you think that your problems are so special and unique unique that you give them priority yes. when you're really just the same as everybody else. We all want the same things. Yes. Okay. You um, summed
2: it up. That, that's actually, that's perfect. Like, you should go do my interview. I should, like, right? <laughs> I <feel laughs> Just sum it up for well, me. Well,
1: <laughs> so, so I discovered this book because um, uh, Andy and I were driving up to Newport
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we... Um, listened to it and it was on audiobook yeah why didn't you read the audiobook yourself
2: um because it's not
1: your voice yeah you've got a great voice it could have been you
2: oh well thank you you're welcome um I honestly I don't have a good answer mm. laziness I guess that's okay you're um, like
1: you're like I wrote it I don't need to read it yeah I mean it, those things like recording
2: <laughs> yeah. those things like you spend hours you, you sit in the studio for like yeah. dozens of hours yeah and so um that didn't sound like fun especially after like spending two years writing the thing yeah um and so, yeah, my publisher offered to go hire a guy and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Great. But he did a great job. So I'm 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 actually really happy with it.
1: So when, when I decided when, when I heard the title, I was like, OK, this is going to be like a snarky comedic. But it ended up becoming it resonated really well. And I think using the word the F bonds as many times, it's it's a great way to just have a stress relief and yeah. actually to resonate with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your background. because you talk about that into the book and kind of what got sure. you to this point?
2: Yeah, so I, I'm not, i not, a question I get a lot is, like, um, what qualifications do you mm-hmm. have to, like, be giving life advice? And
1: exactly, like, who the fuck are you? Am,
2: <laughs> n- not, I have no qualifications. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm a guy who just started writing on the internet. and um, You had a blog. Yeah, I started a blog, and it was, originally it was kind of on a lark. Like, you know, my, my friends encouraged me to do it. Um, I was, like, 22, and so... You know, most of the stuff I wrote about at the time was was pretty stupid and Mm -hmm. silly. But it it, it kind of, it started growing. Like people, people who I didn't even know started coming and reading it. Um, And all of a sudden uh, they started asking me like life questions. Yeah, And and I was like, that's weird. So I started going and buying books and researching it myself. Um, And so it kind of just snowballed from there. Like it just, the more I studied it and researched it and, and wrote down what I thought about it the more people showed up and kept asking me questions and then you know next thing I know I've got millions of people 10 oh. years later so well
1: it's the opposite of like the feel good thing like for example yes. you had a blog you had one of the entries in your blog is a subtle art of not giving a fuck so yes. that blog ended up blossoming into the book so a lot of the points that you wrote about in this blog ended up becoming yeah. paragraphs and categories and chapters in your book yeah um, just to give people an idea um, of what you're talking about there are some things that I, I really like liked listening to um, and and the, the main thing is like we do give too much priority to things that don't matter right and your whole I philosophy is to figure out what matters to you and choose to care about that yeah and not really bother with the rest of it
2: yeah so you, one of the arguments I make is that is is technology is making our lives so complex mm-hmm. like we we are just bombarded with so much information Access to so many different ideas, yeah. Um, that it's becoming much, much harder to actually figure out what deserves our attention, what deserves our
1: because focus. everything's being thrown at us. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the time, all mm-hmm. the
2: time. And 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 it's it's stuff. It, things are uh, hyped up too. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like um, everything the president says or some celebrity says is like this huge crisis. And yeah, everybody it becomes freaks a
1: frontline news story. Yeah. yeah, and
2: it's constant. And so yeah. we we don't. I I think what's happening is we're just so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with stuff that that we're losing track of what actually matters. Yeah, what actually affects our well-being and and what goes on in our life. And so the book is kind of it's a bunch of tools to help us just cut out all the bullshit Mm -hmm. and get back to like, okay, this is actually worth caring about.
1: Which you said in this sentence on your blog, which I'm going to read, and I'd like love for you to take it from there. Okay. Okay, this is from your blog, and it's also in your book, too. Yeah. Um, Because we give too many fucks, when we choose to give a fuck about everything, then we feel as though we are perpetually entitled to... to feel comfortable and happy at all times, then that's when life fucks us. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck is a wonderful oh, word. It really is. It's <laughs> actually scientifically proven to reduce stress. Is it? Yeah, it is. Um, it's one of those words that when you say it does diminish your stress level. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you're a very religious person and get guilt from it, but yeah, there yeah. is that moment. So what you're saying here is, and I know I, know I have a friend like this, Every single thing that people do when people's behavior disappoints her, mm. she gets so upset, whether it's a friend, a guy that she went on one date with, yeah. whatever he doesn't do that she feels like he should have done, then she gets distraught and can't get over it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what you're saying is somebody like that just is giving a fuck about too many things. Yeah. So in essence, doesn't really care about anything or everything
2: yeah I mean w- when you're when you're constantly focused on all like the small unimportant stuff around you mm-hmm. then you don't have any energy or focus left over for like
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know what actually matters uh-huh. um, you know maybe like your career or taking your kids to school or something yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like yeah. you're too busy on Facebook getting like arguing with people or something yeah
1: yeah that's somebody who has too many <laughs> you know one of the things you mentioned is like we were born giving way too much Um, Of that like Mm -hmm. as a kid you cry about everything everything bothers you Mm -hmm. and then hopefully as you grow up less things Bother you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's maturity, Mm -hmm. you know, like maturity like (laughs) really I mean this This whole concept I mean the the book in general is kind of like just a maturity in disguise like it's I think I think like becoming becoming an adult is like learning how to Be comfortable with things that make you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Um, It's learning to be okay with the fact that the world doesn't line up to every desire of yours and i think that we're we're kind of seeing like uh you know because everything is becoming so easy and so comfortable um i think i think we're kind of returning to adolescence a little bit where, yeah where, where it's like you demand not- see I'm tempted to hit the table now. <laughs> hit the table. It's okay. I'm going to hit the table. All right. The mic's not going to mess up. <laughs> it
1: probably will, but it goes with the, goes with the territory. Okay, good.
2: I'm going to. I don't get it. Ang- <laughs> I'm angrily hitting the table. You know, we demand that everything goes our way. And, and uh, you know, that that just takes us backwards.
1: Right. And when it doesn't, people get stressed out. They get yeah. angry. They get upset. You know, was, I, like I said, I'm going back to this friend. I was listening to her talk about this guy that she went on one date with. And she went on to talk about how during this date, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I'm like, well, did you tell him? She's like, no, he should just know these things. I'm like, well, how can he know these things? I've known you for seven years. I don't even know these things. And then I'm like, you just care too much. Why do you care? You've met on yeah. one date with this guy. Yeah. Dissect that for me. Because <laughs> I tried to. I like your, I like Yeah, I like you to take it from here.
2: I, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, if you want to go get mm-hmm. into the dating relationship stuff, I mean, it sounds like, I think what a lot of people do mm-hmm. is, is we, we set all these like Really absurdly high expectations is a way to protect ourselves. Yeah, and so
1: way need to protect yourselves. Yes. that's interesting. So it's, protect yourselves from rejection fear hurt. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm.
2: So it's like if every guy she goes on a date date with she can find 15 things wrong with him Uh-huh, then she never actually has to like make herself vulnerable in any way.
1: It's true yeah. I totally understand that because I think that's a good indication She does it with her friends too and and when I say she there's a few she's it's not of just course. one she of course Okay in case you're listening, yes. it's just a few she's, <laughs> not one she. Um, and it's, 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 inter- it's interesting because um, one of the things that I was when I was taught, like I grew up, parents were immigrants, came over here. I already knew I was different. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, you know, a blue eyed, blonde haired girl. I was different. And I just embraced it. I was yeah. like, I'm different. So I'm going to be different. And it didn't bother me. Yeah. whereas some other people that i knew kind of the same situation wanted to fit in so badly yet never really fit in it always yeah. seemed weird um maybe i had that from the beginning a little bit yeah um so i could relate to a lot of things it it, it, it meant you say not giving a fuck does not mean being indifferent it means being comfortable with being, being different right
2: right i think a lot of people these days they're mistaking um i guess freedom from mm. like as like freedom from ever being inconvenienced or hurt yeah. in any way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I actually... I believe the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think the more free a society is, the more we're all going to piss each other off. Yeah. And so, like, that's just a side effect of mm-hmm. having a free society is that you have to deal with people who aren't like you yeah. and who maybe don't like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it worries me to see, you know, see this reaction becoming more common of, like...
1: You mean you, nowadays, post elections, things like that? What's yeah, happening?
2: Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, this whole you this uh, this concept of like the snowflake you know mm-hmm. it's like everybody deserves to never be offended yeah. um, I, I don't think that's true I, yeah. think, I think we're all screwed up yeah and we're all gonna feel like an outcast in certain parts of our lives mm-hmm. and um, and like that's just part of living like you can't protect people from that like, yeah you know? and that's
1: okay yeah. Yeah.
2: As long as it's not abusive or, <laughs> right. you know, so it's like, that's just humans. Like, we're, we're very, like, we, we, we're not good to each other.
1: <laughs> so, what's like a, an example of what you mean? Like, a good personality example or one of the examples in your book, you talk about giving too many fucks, like the old woman with the, um, postage like these food stamps <laughs> with the coupons the coupons. yeah, yeah. can you kind of i think that was a great example of what, sure. what you were talking about in this book sums up the personality and the yeah. behavior
2: so yeah one of my points is that like like we all need to give a fuck about something like it's a psychological necessity for us to give about a fuck about something so if there's nothing happening in our lives like yeah. the more mundane our lives are mm-hmm. the more stupid stuff we'll find to give a fuck about. So I use an old lady as an example. Like it's, we all kind of like have had that moment in our life where we see like some little old lady in like a grocery store like screaming at a cashier about her like 15 cent off coupon yeah. not being accepted. And and, and you kind of sit there and you're like, my God, like if this is the biggest problem in her day, like yeah. what is her day What's like? What's her day like? Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of use that to point out that, that it's because she has nothing more important to give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Like, the coupons are de facto the most important thing yeah. in your life. You know, yeah. like it, it's y- your your brain is always going to find something to care about. And so you just need to make sure it's, it's like the right thing. It's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So one of the things you talk about is like, what do you want out of life? A lot of times people answer that with these very generic blanket statements like, yeah. hey, what do you want out of life? I want to be happy. Right. And you're like, that's bullshit.
2: Yeah, well, why? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to be, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Everybody wants to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, a, uh, it, it's, I think it, it's, unless you, you want something that is, is different mm-hmm. or, or unique in some way, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be popular. Everybody wants to feel loved, mm-hmm. you know? Everybody wants to, like, not worry about their mortgage mm-hmm. like they, these are meaningless things Because right. we all feel them yeah um, you know so like what's what's the thing that defines you Like, mm-hmm. what's what's the thing that's different about you and your desires than say like the other people in the room yeah you know like that that's when you start really kinda like getting down to to what defines your life yeah and your identity well it's
1: also how much pain you want to put up with too yeah. you discuss that yeah like um you had that great example of a rock star like you want like you said that you would love to be a rock star sure right and that's what you wanted yeah all right
2: yeah i mean i i used to be i i, I use this term very loosely uh-huh. i used to be a musician uh-huh. um i used to play music and i used to play it kind of seriously but like my my original ambition in life was to be a professional musician musician um but i would spend basically all my time fantasizing and noodling around on my guitar in my room and not actually like doing the work like i I wasn't going out and like trying to get gigs and like forming bands and rehearsing and buying gear and like dealing with contracts and stuff like i you
1: weren't putting in the work no
2: i i just was sitting around having a fantasy Mm -hmm. and i think that i think a lot of we do that in a lot of areas of our life Mm -hmm. is like we think we want something but Mm -hmm. really we just want the benefit we don't want the cost or the work yeah and so and so what i say is that like you don't like you need to want the cost you need to want the sacrifice like yeah the sacrifice needs to excite you yeah um and you know and to to kind of use writing i think you know the reason i ended up being a writer Mm -hmm. is because the sacrifice like the sucky part of writing which is basically sitting in a room by yourself pretty much all the time Mm -hmm. like hating everything (laughs) that you produce (laughs) like that somehow invigorates me and excites me yeah um so
1: well it can also apply to friendships of course jobs dating yeah you know everything um when you want something badly but you don't want to put the work in yep you just want that end goal to benefit yeah, like the like having a great body. You know, you look at these people on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, you have got these great physiques, and you're like, I want that. But that's a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, a lot of sacrifice. So when you say you want to be happy, you should really understand what that means. Yeah, and, and say it. Yeah. So how would you tell somebody to figure that out?
2: Well, I mean, ha- I mean, the I guess the point I kind of make. Yeah. Uh, is that happiness requires struggle? Like, people imagine happiness being this thing that is like separate from struggle, or like it's an absence of struggle. Um, I don't think I think that's impossible. Like I think happiness requires a certain degree of struggle. Mm-hmm. Like you don't actually feel satisfied about something in your life unless you feel like you sacrificed for it. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you just take it for granted and and waste it. hmm You know, like if you think about like a trust fund kid mm-hmm. who's just given yeah. like yeah. a billion I, dollars. Like I,
1: I know, I know, I know people like that. Like yeah. I know a lot of people like that, they're, they're miserable.
2: Yeah, and they 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 just become this brat who's yeah. like. Doesn't care about anything. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you think about somebody who like worked their ass off mm-hmm. and built something really special and important, like they went through a lot of pain, mm-hmm. but that pain is actually what built the happiness for them
1: yeah I mean I have a great uh, I had somebody who I I dated very briefly and he was trust fund and it was like this guy I'd get up in the morning I'd go do my thing and I'd call him around noon he was just getting out of bed already (laughs) on his like second (laughs) joint and I was like yo what are you doing the rest of the day uh I'm just smoking I'm like what what do you do with your life so he'd wait till about 11 o'clock at night and get ready and go to like one oak or something like that that was his life and I remember thinking wow this guy has all the money that yeah. probably most people have never see in a lifetime. He has access to so many contacts, privilege, yep. and he's doing nothing with it. Yeah. And that's an example yeah. of what you're talking about. There's
2: a there's a great quote from Warren Buffett. He said that he said the trick to to being rich and raising kids mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. he said you want to give them enough that mm-hmm. they can do anything, mm-hmm. but don't give them so much that they do nothing. Yeah.
1: That's great. And this was enough for them to do nothing, did nothing. And so depressed. And like he would talk to me how depressed he was. And I'm just like, you are just (laughs) so, you think you're so cool because you're moody and depressed. (laughs) But there's no reason. You've never suffered. Poor you. Poor you. (laughs) You know, you ran out of pot. So now you're upset. Like you've never (laughs) suffered in your life a day, you know. And um, and you're talking about depression. It's just so self-inflicted. Yeah. And I just obviously broke up with him because he was annoying. After that, I was like, I can't. <laughs> Good for you. I couldn't deal. I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, this guy's never gonna stop being that way. Yeah. Um, you know, so y- you have to care about um something more important. Um, you have to be able to care about the adversity that you're going yeah. through it too. Like going through school and becoming sure. uh, what I what I've had to do. There were a lot of times in my life where I looked at other kids that were in their early twenties and they were doing fun stuff. They were making money. They were partying yeah. and I was studying. So yeah. um, it didn't bother me. But I, I like later in life, I'm like, oh, huh, that could have really bothered me. But I guess it was worth the struggle.
2: Well, and you're probably extremely proud of it. Like it's yeah. probably a cornerstone of like who you are today yeah. that, that you can point to and be like, I did that. I'm proud of that. And, you know, I, I think ultimately the happiness question is is ultimately just a question of
1: mm-hmm.
2: doing something that feels important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like we can we, feeling good is easy like you go get a drink, you'll feel good mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> yeah. there's there's plenty there's of ways plenty to, of that plenty of ways to feel good in the world like what what's scarce what's difficult is finding something that feels meaningful finding yeah. something that feels important like spending your time in a way that feels very important um, And so I think a lot of people in this kind of chase of happiness, they mistake the pleasure mm-hmm. for the importance. Yeah, you know, so they they give up all the importance to just feel for that good, temporary pleasure. To just feel good. Whether that's
1: drugs. Yeah, waking up at noon sex. and sex. Yeah, pot. Yeah, yeah. Sex. They just give that up um, for that temporary pleasure, which ultimately makes them feel worse.
2: Yeah, well, and, it, and it's it's empty calories. Like mm-hmm. I compare it to junk food, right? Yeah. Like like you can go to McDonald's and just gorge yourself or eat ice ice cream all day and like it feels
1: good while you're eating it it feels good for like
2: for those few moments yeah. that you're eating it like it feels great but then you, you feel disgusting afterwards and then and then sure enough you mm-hmm. feel just as like empty and yeah
1: like, oh yeah
2: um, and so it's it's a lot of times like the healthy stuff for you mm-hmm. psychologically it's it's like vegetables you mm-hmm. know like doesn't really taste good but um you're really glad you ate it like yeah. you you feel You feel healthier and like, you know, your body functions better.
1: You spent a lot of time traveling, and I want to get this kind of reminds me of the story. You spent a lot of time traveling, and you talked about that, you know. Now you're happily married, and you know that's where your life is now, stable, yeah. pr- you know, routine, predictable. I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking words out of your mouth. Sure. But compared <laughs> to what it was at one yes. point where you were traveling everywhere and it seemed so exciting, you actually talk about that. And you said, you know, it seemed like it was amazing and exciting. But actually, the fact that you had that made yeah. it less important. Can you?
2: Yeah. So there's like one thing that's funny about a lot. So there are a lot of the things in life that feel really good and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's kind of like a diminishing returns to them. So travel's one, right? So if you've never been out of the country, that first country you go to, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's really exciting, yeah. it's, it's it's a big deal. Same thing if you've only been to like, say five countries, mm-hmm. number six is like, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you've been to 50 and then you go to 51, yeah. it's kind of, it's like Tuesday. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, but see,
1: this is a great analogy for a lot of things in life, not just travel. Yeah, so
2: yeah. a lot of like these kind of pleasurable pursuits that we so money's the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, sex is the mm-hmm. same way mm-hmm. like it's if you don't have any it feels very very important and it, and it feels really good yeah but the more you get the less valuable it becomes yeah. and so um i think uh, a lot of a lot of the traps that you see people fall into in life mm-hmm. um, a lot of the addic- addictions and things like that they function that way mm-hmm. like there's that diminishing returns to them um and so what i realized after a while is that like if you want to build something that, that is long-lasting, like, you, you ultimately have to make commitments. Mm-hmm. And commitment itself, I think people avoid commitment. Like, I know I avoid a commitment because um, it, it involves that sacrifice we talked about. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you get married, you're, like, giving up all the awesome people you could date for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, if you live in one place, you're giving up all, like, the really cool and interesting places you could live. Um, and so that was, like, really a struggle for me mm-hmm. in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And, um but ultimately, I, I kind of like realized like, all right, settle down, root down, mm-hmm. commit to something. And it there's a whole new world of value there.
1: And what is that new world of value?
2: Um, so there's there's ser- the same way that like you can get a new experience by, uh, you know, like dating a new person or like visiting Japan or something. There are new experiences that only happen when you've been with the same person for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, or you've lived in the same place for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I personally like overlooked a lot in Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. um that and and the thing is is those experiences like there's a they're special because there's a certain depth Mm -hmm. to them you know Mm -hmm. like i started to realize one of the big kind of like turning points for me when i was living abroad um i was living in south america and i'm like going to these amazing beaches and like doing these crazy hikes in the amazon and all this stuff yeah which
1: sounds amazing it
2: is and it is amazing and then i would go home and hang out with my my childhood friends Mm -hmm. which are just like pretty much like just dudes, you know, yeah, like yeah. dudes you'd find in any American yeah. town, yeah. and and I realized like I had so much more fun with them, yeah. And, I, and then I realized I'm like, well, yeah, because I've known them my mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, whoa, that's actually rare, mm-hmm. you know, like those hiking trips and those beaches, like you can find those in you know, many places. You get you can only you only get a couple childhood friends, yeah. that that stick with you that long, and so that that yeah. started changing my perspective on yeah. everything.
1: So it's more about quality. Yeah. 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 And how did that apply to you deciding to get married? Like, because you said you had that fear of commitment in your yeah. book, too.
2: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean.
1: Because people should know you weren't like the guy that you were, you were always on the run. You kind of like weren't really sure what you were going to do. Yeah. I, necessarily.
2: Was a, I was a party guy. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was, I, you know, it's, I, I, I hate the word player. But, I know. But uh, it's a good
1: word. I guess. I mean. Player. Yeah, I guess. Fuck boy? <laughs> I like that word. Can we I say mean, that? I mean,
2: yeah. I don't, I don't I'm going to say it. You're a fuckboy. Yeah, okay, okay. You can call me a fuckboy. boy. Right. Um, but only you, not mm-hmm. these guys.
1: <laughs> no, these guys can't. <laughs> Look at them. They are too. Yeah. <laughs> El Jefe over there.
2: Um, But yeah, I mean, I... I, I don't like the word player because it, it kind of implies like mm-hmm. a certain dishonesty. Like, right. like you're playing women, like you're kind of like misleading them and making, right. you know, like I wasn't like that. I was just like, I was just very, I just played in the shallow end of the pool. Gotcha. Like I, I just never stuck around. Low
1: hanging fruit.
2: Well, I, no, I you just, want, no? no, no, it wasn't shallow women. Oh. It was just, I never stuck around long enough for things to get serious. Gotcha. Yeah. So right. I always had a, I always had an exit door. hmm. In, in eyesight, you right. know. So you know, once you hit two, three months with any particular woman, it was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna go do this thing. Yeah, no, I and, get it. Yeah, and so, you know, my 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 young adulthood was pretty much like an endless string of, oh. of that. Yeah, and, um, and and that
1: felt good at the time. And
2: it was exciting. Yeah. And and I think I had a lot of insecurities myself mm-hmm. that it kind of it fed. I think it helped for a little while and then it and then it kind of became unhealthy. Yeah.
0: Um
2: but I, I had a lot of insecurities around women when I was young. You mm-hmm. know, I was like the nerdy guy in school and mm-hmm. none of the girls liked me. And so having that period of my life where it was just like going out to clubs and yeah. banging girls like you know, it felt great for yeah. a while. Um but then it became it was my only means of intimacy and it's a horrible means for intimacy. Mm-hmm. So it was very unsatisfying after a while mm-hmm. and it and it just be, required a lot of effort. And energy that seemed kind of silly. By the time, yeah. by the time I was like 29, I'm yeah. like, "This is silly. Like, yeah. What am I doing?"
1: Yeah, it's like the same old, yeah, you know, uh, circle. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's, um, and it, and yeah, it's like the country thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you've only, if you've only dated one girl, being with the second is pretty exciting. Yeah. But if you've dated, if you've dated like 50, right, then the 51st is just like, okay, whatever.
0: And you uh, stop counting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you just lose count. I think
2: and... I'm at 51. <laughs> Maybe it's
1: 50 now. Yeah. No.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Inspiring conversations on lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. This is Glamier with Dr. Tavis Amir. Um, we all have a limited number of fucks to give. Pay attention to where and who you give them to.
2: Yeah. Life's Take short. It from man. there. Life, yeah. I mean, w- life is short, and and we all have we're all limited. Uh, we all have a limited amount of energy, mm-hmm. you know. In any given, you know, we have a limited amount of days, and and in our days, we have a limited amount of energy. And mm-hmm. so it's like if you're spending all of your energy, um, on something that's just like frivolous and stupid, like yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're wasting a resource.
1: <coughs> so, you're saying being more selective about mm-hmm. who and what you care about? Yes. Like, I, you know, when you, one of the things you say, when you're young, you have everything's new, everything's exciting. Yeah. I When I moved to New York, oh God, every day was like oh, yeah. th- amazing. Not that It's different now, but like when I first moved out here, for my first, I want to say 10 years, because it probably was 10 years, Yeah, I was just every single night yeah. out. I was never home. My apartment was looked like a bachelor pad. Um, <laughs> if I wasn't working, I was out. And yeah. um, you could tell what I wore that week because it was all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah. And it was fun and it was exciting and I loved it. And then after a while, it just became like so um, unbelievably unfulfilling. Yeah, And I felt like I was stuck in this place where I wasn't moving ahead in life, yeah. you know? I had, by the time um, my school was done, I had opened my own pl- practice, and yet my social life was still the same yeah. every night. What nightclub was opening, what restaurant yeah. was opening, wh- yeah. what the cool places to go to, the cool people to <laughs> hang out with, that's my <laughs> life for 10 years. And I just, I remember becoming so detached from it, thinking this is so empty and unsatisfying, and all that I end up doing is coming home. Um, and, and doing the same thing all over the next day so yeah. when i decided to detach from all that i actually it was quite isolating at first yep absolutely but um what ended up i, I needed to make that sacrifice to get to the next level
2: yeah you know well and and i think that's another thing that kind of differentiates me from most self-help stuff like mm-hmm. change by definition mm-hmm. change requires becoming really uncomfortable and like it, it requires pain, essentially. Yeah. Like Like if you were. If well, you pain are, is
1: what put me to the next level. Little, yeah. little bits of pain all over. But it, um, but, it, but yeah. it's like
2: you have to adopting new mm-hmm. habits, adopting new behaviors, making new choices. Like these are all difficult and and uncomfortable and painful yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And so it, by definition, change is a painful thing. And yeah. so like I don't think, um, you know, and that, that's why so much of the book is about pain. Yeah. Because like you can't you can't actually like change your life Mm -hmm. and feel good about like you'll feel good after Mm -hmm. you know after the change is done you'll look back and you'll be like oh that was a really good decision but like while it's happening through
1: it and it could last a lot longer than you think because when i decided to stop i remember thinking i live in new york city and i don't know what to do here except (laughs) go out at night i don't know what to do how did this happen it started off being fun and exciting because i was in med school during the day and at night i could you know um and I didn't drink very much, which helped because I could be out and get yeah. up in the morning. But then all of a sudden, that's all I knew. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this feels really shallow and empty. And I'm meeting, the, you know, with these people. And I stopped. And after about a year, I'm thinking, okay, it'll get better now. And I still I was not that I was losing friends. But the people that I had, I've been hanging out with. I didn't have anything in common yeah. with them anymore. And they didn't really want to hang out with me because I wasn't coming out anymore. So, yeah.
2: Well, and that, yeah. That, that's the other thing, too, mm-hmm. is like when you change, mm-hmm. like, when you change, you're essentially, you're changing your values. You're yeah. changing what you care about. Values, changing yeah. what you
1: care about. And, and
2: and a side effect of that or like a fallout of that is like when you change what you care about, all of your friends that mm-hmm. you had because they cared about the same thing, like suddenly you don't have I know. that thing and in that common know, And that can be anymore. pretty painful. Yeah. And so yeah. You, you you lose a lot of relationships and mm-hmm. you have to go out and build new ones. Yeah. And that's that's all, often very difficult yeah. as well.
1: Um, And I want to kind of come back to the friend that I was talking about the collective. She that I was talking about earlier when we were talking about her dating, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I said to her was, you know, when you when you get on get a guy that you like and you're going out with him for more than two months. Yeah. Three months. Because I've, I've often bounced after three months myself. Yeah. Right. I didn't want to put the work in because yep. I was just doing things for me. Yep. And I did that consciously. And I, I don't regret it. That's what I yep. wanted to do at the time. But this girl really thinks she wants a relationship. And so I said, you know, it's work. You have to yeah. do things. It's not it's <laughs> not always because she's like, I just want a guy to pay attention to me all the time. So she said. <laughs> And I am listening to her and I'm like, you know, this is never going to happen. Yeah. I said, that's never going to happen. If you're going to live your life thinking that you're going to be happy because the guy that you're with is going to pay attention to you all the time, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life.
2: Well, and think about what that means is that that means she's got to find a guy who has s- nothing going on in his life that she's the like that. She's the only thing. So Me. it's like, yeah, she's going to get so bored and, and she's
1: not going to grow. Like yeah. if he's got nothing going And also... She's gonna have nothing going on in her life. Yep. Like you have two people with <laughs> <laughs> nothing going on dating each other. It sounds amazing, right? Yeah. So I was trying to tell her, I'm like, if you really want that, first of all, you need to make sure you have something going on for yourself. Yeah. Something else that you care about other than dating, this finding the right guy. And then if you find a guy you need to understand that he's gonna do stuff that you're not gonna like. Yeah. And then you're gonna get mad and, and break up and get pissed that he didn't act a certain way. I said, No, that's when you have to communicate and put your yeah. efforts. It takes work. Yeah. It's not freaking easy. Yeah, it goes to, I, I mean it.
2: and you want you want like I think ultimately a healthy relationship. And I have got I've got a chapter about this. Like yeah. a healthy relationship it requires two people that challenge each other. Mm-hmm. Like you want somebody who will challenge you, like in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, Hey, you do this this way i do it this way mm-hmm. like what if my way is better you know you, yeah. you it, as soon as you're like well i can't be with somebody like that you know like yeah. it, then you're just you, you're closing yourself off from any like from yeah. growing at all yeah
1: it's work um you know and it's funny because um i am sitting here listening to her thinking i can't believe what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> like she's like i just want a guy that pays attention to me all the time and that that i'm like that will never that's nobody nobody yeah buy a robot buy a dog <laughs> that's never going to be a human form ever i think
2: i think this is going to be humanity's future is yeah is, is, sex is, robots yeah men are going to have sex robots and women are going to have attention robots oh like. my
1: god <laughs> that's that's yeah. i'd rather take the sex robot yeah. rather than attention yeah. but um but but it's to your point like i actually have to have her read this book because you do talk about a lot is your own self yeah. uh, is like figuring out what's important to you and then how much you're willing to be sacrifice or, yeah. or face adversity to achieve yeah. because nobody gets from point A to, to whatever the success goal in the life is without some sort of adversity and pain. Yes. And sometimes the pain is not through your goal, sometimes it just happens. Like yeah. you're da- you talk about your friend dying. Yeah. Um, that was um, one of the things that I thought was really touching about this book is yeah. that helped you kind of propel to the next stage of trying to live your life.
2: Yeah, I mean so it's it's actually funny you brought up that trust fund kid because like yeah. I I was kind of like that. When oh, I was you were, there, huh? Like, so like <laughs> I I grew up in a very wealthy family, yeah. And like I w- I wasn't like spoiled rotten, but I pretty much never had to worry about anything. Like mm-hmm. the worst thing that ever happened in my life, the first twenty years of my life was like my parents divorced. You know, okay. which is like that sucks. Like that's yeah. a genuine like yeah you know traumatic experience for a young person. But like boohoo, like mm-hmm. fucking everybody's parents yeah. get divorced. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I spent pretty much most of my teen years. You know, I went to like really nice private schools, uh-huh. and I half half-assed my way through everything, mm-hmm. and I just because like, you
1: didn't have to try. Oh,
2: I just screw around, yeah. play guitar, smoke joints. Mm-hmm. Like that was my whole life, mm-hmm. and and um and yeah, there's when I was 19, I was at a party, and a friend of mine just just died. Yeah, like freak out of nowhere. It could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, at this party at a party. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, it just like, it really shook me because it, I think that's the first time in my life, you know, I think it's a big deal. And, and anybody's like that first, that first time you realize that like you're mortal. Yeah. That you <laughs> could die. Yeah. That like this, Oh wait, there is an ending here. Yeah. Like, and you, and it suddenly becomes very real. Yeah. Um, you know, cause my friend was, was my age and, and so it was very shocking. And, um, And I I went into, like, a very deep depression. But, like, the result of that was, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a a big component of that depression. It wasn't just grief Mm -hmm. over my friend. It was also, like, uh, what the fuck am I doing with myself? Like, you know, it's like the guy you dated. It's like, wow, I wake up at noon and smoke pot all day. Yeah.
1: And talk uh, about how depressed you are. Yeah, like why and then buy a plane ticket to why you
2: know, Miami? Yeah, like
1: <laughs> so you can go do it there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like I I could have died. It could yeah, have been me dying yeah, last yeah. night. Like what and what what would I have done with like what would I have to show for it? You know, well, so. I think
1: a lot of people are like that. Like you know, I'm sitting here talking to you know a lot of these people that talk about their problems and they kind of talk about it without a solution. Yeah, they think they have unlimited time. Yeah, you know my uh the friend that i was talking about that goes on these dates and what uh, you don't have unlimited time i'm no. not talking about married and kids i'm talking life yeah. you know you don't have an unlimited amount of time to to be sweating the stuff so you need to just move keep it moving yeah and one of the things about can you tell us about that dream you had because i thought that something that you that you that you wrote about what your friend said after he died you had a dream of yeah. him that was kind of yeah amazing
2: um so I started having after he died. I started having dreams mm-hmm. about him, mm-hmm. like all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting actually because a lot of people who have contacted me and said that, um, you know, people who who were close to them who died, yeah, like apparently this is a very common thing. Yeah, like somebody died. Somebody close to you dies, and you start having dreams of them. Yeah, and, and like people freak out because they're like, oh my god, yeah, like what if that was him? Yeah, um, yeah, so, oh, yeah. So I I started having dreams all the time of this of this friend of mine and. Um, and, and, and at the time like you know I was 19 uh, I was pretty insecure mm-hmm. um, and and this guy who died like I, I looked up to him in a lot of ways he was a couple of years older he was way more confident more mm-hmm. mature um, and yeah he showed up in one of my dreams and I, I said something like hey I'm really sorry you died man and he's like he's like why do you care about me dying when you like when you don't even want to live yeah
1: and I think about that
2: yeah and I woke up and I was like holy shit yeah
1: yeah (laughs) think about that that's insane yeah like whatever you believe about that being him or not that's a major powerful message yeah yeah
2: and um but yeah it's it's interesting because i I did that that experience was a big 180 for me in my life yeah of like um you know i went back to college and and i in a lot of ways i got my shit together Mm -hmm. like i stopped doing drugs Mm -hmm. i started studying started Mm -hmm. like thinking about my future started like reading a lot of books mm-hmm. and, like, basically being a responsible adult. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that was just simply inspired by this fact of, like, I have, like...
1: You hadn't been living. Yeah,
2: I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, Like, I don't want to waste away on a couch or something.
1: Yeah. Um, when you read this book, you know, I kind of feel like, as the author, what do you hope people get from it as they're l- reading what you're saying? Because the title can be... Yeah. Oh, this is going to be a funny comedic book about.
2: Yeah. And, and it's he,
1: actually pretty powerful. Yeah. And it tells people to really pay attention to the fact that their problems are really not that unique and special and yeah. that they need to pay attention to what they want to suffer through to get to where they want to go.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like a typical self help book where there's like quizzes and <laughs> bullet point lists of like, here's, my, here's my five step <laughs> method to, you know, yeah. be happy every day. Um, it, my goal with the book is very much to help people ask mm-hmm. really difficult questions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's where the subtle part comes in because like, you know, everybody pays attention to the, to the giving a fuck mm-hmm. in the title, but, but like not re- the subtle. really the, the, the subtle art parts, the important part because it is really, really, really difficult mm-hmm. to honestly, Look at yourself and look at what you care about mm-hmm. and whether it's important or not. like that's a very, very hard thing to do. yeah. Um, and so my my goal with the book is simply to provide some tools and some insight to like help people do
1: that better. You also get criticized. I I read some of the comments and some of the things people send you, and you talked about this, too. Mm -hmm. Some people think that you're just mean and saying really mean (laughs) things and you're rude (laughs) and that you're insensitive. Like uh, when you talk about things, it's like, God, you're just so rude and insensitive. You've never had to suffer. What do you have to say about that?
2: Which is I mean, it's silly. Yeah.
1: But but you know like
2: <laughs> I th- mean, your
1: book isn't exactly like hand holding through you know flower fields to make you feel better. Yours is like listen, yeah. you're not that, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of that take
1: g- accountability for your own actions. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, the funny thing is so there's there's in the book there's really four Stories About my own life mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stories About other people But there's four stories About my own life And I, I realized After I finished After it came out That mm-hmm. those are probably The four most painful Experiences mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. Like the the four times I've suffered the most mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah When I get stuff like that I'm like Did you finish the book? Right like, <laughs> Yeah Did you see what was going on? Yeah um, But I, I think You know one, one characteristic Of people who are suffering Or people who are in a lot of pain mm-hmm. Is that it 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 isolates you. Like mm-hmm. you, when you're in a lot of pain, uh, yeah. you feel like you're the only one experiencing yeah. it. Yeah, um, you you feel like you're alone and like nobody can understand. When the, when the truth is, is that like at any given time, like most people are in a lot of pain or most people are suffering, um, but everybody's thinking the same thing. Yeah. everybody's thinking that they're the only ones. Yeah, you know. So it's it's this illusion that k- kind of keeps. Yeah perpetuating itself. and that's why
1: you probably get attacked sometimes like there's some funny emails that some funny comments that i've read where people are like <laughs> you know really like ripping into you saying that you're just insensitive and mean and i'm just like i, I get it because they're yeah. coming from a place of how dare you this is you know i you don't know what i'm going yeah. through and well, you know there are going to be things that we don't understand what people are going through but pain we all have yeah been there. Yeah. yeah but
2: i mean it, it's also i understand too like i have a very aggressive mm-hmm. writing style mm-hmm. like it's 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 been common for years now. Like one of the most common things I get when I meet readers Mm -hmm. is they're like, "Wow, you're so much nicer than I thought you'd be." (laughs) Like I'm like, I it's kind of a backhanded compliment, you know? Like because, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a very aggressive writing style. It's Mm -hmm. very blunt. It's very in your face. And and yeah, it's 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 like like I said at the very beginning of the interview, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not (laughs) I have the opposite approach of most self help people which is like i don't think we're all great yeah. i think we all suck yeah. and we like we really need to get honest about With what we're sucking
0: yeah, about. yeah yeah
1: what are a couple things that you want to tell people like to give advice about how <laughs> to just you know a couple of things off the top of your head how to really not give a fuck about things that aren't important um or figure out what's important
2: yeah well give a guy a, a chance on a second date <laughs> don't disqualify him for you hear
1: that girl for okay. not having
2: esp yeah that's a good that's one. a good
1: one right <laughs> that's a really good one
2: but that that's true for men and women yeah uh, both like you know i think a lot of people we our expectations are really unrealistic in relationships yeah. Yeah. and we don't even realize it you know i know um, crazy so that's one Mm -hmm. is like be realistic Mm -hmm. like understand you're dating a human not your fantasy (laughs) like stop looking for your fantasy basically like look for a human yeah Um,
1: that's nice look for a human yeah Mm -hmm.
2: Um, (laughs) see what else what else we look for a human Um, usually usually when I blank on the advice question I just tell people to wear sunscreen
1: (laughs) 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 I like it wear sunscreen and go on a second date and not have ESP what's next for you
2: um, so I have started working on another book, mm-hmm. um, but it's too early to really talk about. Okay. Um, but there will You're be- you teasing me. I know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still a couple of years off, it's but- It's going to um, be
1: amazing, but I can't talk about it.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's good. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a project with Audible. Oh, um, nice. Uh, it'll be kind of a follow-up to, to Subtle Art. It'll mm-hmm. basically be like, I will be doing kind of like a, an episodic series where I, I like- Talk or coach readers through like using, you know, yeah. problems problems with Problem their lives. Yeah. Kind of basically doing kind of like a public form of therapy. I, I like it. Guess, better than. Merch.
1: So, um, where can people learn about you, read about you, get the book?
2: Uh, website is markmanson.net. Yeah. Um, there's tons and tons of articles. Tons out. of articles. And yeah. you kind
1: of, you're very, like, you just had one the other day about Pablo Escobar's brother. Yep. Being the biggest disappointment that you've ever met. <laughs> like he's no, he he's no Pablo. Down. He's he, no Pablo. Yeah,
2: it was it was surprisingly mundane. Yeah,
1: um. the biggest letdown of, of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I read it. It basically sounds like he was trying to capitalize off of his brother's fame by getting you to sell buy DVDs and autograph. I books. mean,
2: how how pathetic! Like you're yeah. you're literally like part you were one of the like the drug lords you were in it and and one of the biggest drug cartels in history and like people are coming to your house and you're trying to sell them postcards yeah like that's basically what what happened yeah um but yeah website Mm -hmm. markmanson.net books called subtle art not giving a fuck it's everywhere and
1: it's a great read i if you really want to get a book that's a little bit it's it's a way to look at your life and your problems and what you've been through and really just laugh at it a little bit and uh ask some tough questions that could Get you where you want to go. Yep. Thanks for being here. Thanks
2: for having me. Thanks for showing up today. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I didn't sleep through this one. (laughs) I
1: love it. You just didn't give a fuck. That's what it was. (laughs)
2: Apparently. All right, thank you. (laughs) Thanks guys.